2: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. We have a Major League Baseball trade deadline special. We're going to sit down and talk with former Brewers pitcher Tim Dillard uh, about the Brewers closing out the season and where they are. And we're also going to talk to Graham Wallace uh, from Belly Up Sports about baseball trades and all that's happened and all that will happen in the next couple of hours. That and just a little bit more. That's what's cooking. On today's Sports Stove Podcast.
1: From Belly Up Sport and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover.
2: Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast brought to you by Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers. There is a link provided for you in the video description. And that'll take you right to Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers. If you'll click on those links, they'll know that we sent you. There's a great deal going on right now at Skull Candy. Uh, they've got a uh, a phenomenal deal going on on their dime earbuds. You can get them super inexpensive and a great product as well. So make sure you visit Skull Candy. Use the link, please, that we've provided for you in the video description. And if you're listening to us in the podcast version later on, those are available for you in the podcast notes. We've got an exciting episode for you uh, tonight. We are we've got Tim Dillard, uh for a former brewers pitcher and currently a broadcaster with Milwaukee Brewers on the Valley Sports Wisconsin. We're going to talk to him in just a moment. Then after Tim Dillard is done, we're bringing in Graham Wallace from Belly Up Sports to talk the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And uh, we're basically making this whole episode baseball, but before we get to the baseball, we've got to touch on a few quick topics. Number one, the SEC votes unanimously to invite Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. Uh, the current date is a, it's a couple years out, but they will get that changed, and Texas and Oklahoma will be playing in the SEC very very soon. Then another sports news going on is the NBA draft going on tonight. And there are trades being talked about. There are trades that have already happened. The biggest of them all is Russell Westbrook possibly going to the Lakers. Uh there is talks going on as well with Sacramento about Buddy Heald. So maybe it's a three team deal that lands Russ, uh Russell Westbrook and, uh, the one and only Buddy Healed, uh, in LA, but we'll see how all that breaks down and we'll recap that in our next episode. Uh, but a lot of things happening with the NBA and a lot of things, exciting things happening as well. Major League Baseball though has absolutely taken, taken the show so far. Big names getting traded and we're excited to talk about those things. Here coming up. First, we're going to play the interview with Tim Dillard. Uh, now, Tim and I had just a brief window to get together. Both of us are in our vehicles. So if the sound is a little off, I apologize in advance. Uh, and then at the very end of the the interview um tim dillard shut off very quickly his phone overheated uh but thankfully we got everything into the interview before that happened so i hope that you enjoy the interview with tim dillard we did this earlier today so again uh both of us in our vehicle so of look a little different but nonetheless excited to share that with you when we're done with tim dillard we'll come back and we'll bring in graham wallace from belly up sports to talk all the major league baseball trade uh deadline stuff. All right. We are now joined by former Brewers pitcher and current part-time broadcaster. Uh Tim Dillard uh, is with us to talk some Brewers baseball here in the second half of the season. Tim, thanks for being with us.
0: Yeah, thanks. I, I'm sorry I'm in my car, but this is the best I got right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're just we're just gonna go on a little car ride with Tim Dillard today. We'll see how, how that goes. Um I want to start by Asking you about the second half of the season, obviously, right now with the Brewers, um, you know, good first half of the season at the end of the day, and uh, what's the expectation in Milwaukee
0: right now for this second half of the season? I mean, really, it's it's further than that. They just finished their 101st game yesterday, 102nd game tonight, so you started looking, you know, they only have 60, 61 games left, so you're kind of past that halfway mark, so I don't know. I mean, everyone's got to be optimistic. They have a great record. They're, you know, leading the NL Central by a lot. Uh, but I'm currently waiting for this uh, Venezuelan food place to open. So when I'm in there, I'll uh, I'll ask everybody what the expectations are <laughs> in the <laughs> area. Got a heartbeat on that for me. Um, but yeah, I think everybody should be optimistic. It's a great team, and I mean, I don't know what they're going to do for the trade deadline. Uh, actually, I don't think they want us talking about it like, on air and stuff, because honestly, we don't know. It's all speculation station. So for the most part, I, do they need to trade? Probably not. They have all the pieces they need. So I don't know. I I'm optimistic for them.
2: Yeah, it seems like once they're all healthy, um, the team pretty, pretty well is complete. First base has been a little bit of a question mark, um, but uh Tellez has come in and played pretty well there since he got brought in um middle relievers every now and then have a struggle but overall it seems like the, I mean the pitching staff has been uh, surprising to me at least um how well the whole pitching staff has done you expect it out of Woodruff you expect it out of Burns and out of Hayter um but the way Peralta's played and even the other guys in the rotation I mean was it a surprise to to not obviously not the organization at least they had never admitted but, but was did you consider it a surprise at how well they have pitched this year
0: I think surprised by by those three guys doing that well all of them doing it. You know like you could expect one of those guys to kind of step out and go, "Hey, I'm I'm the ace or hey, I'm an all-star," but for all three of those guys to be all-stars and of course hater, but I, it it goes back to reflections of the A's, you know, the moneyball thing when it was Mulder, Hudson and Zito, like three guys Cy Young ward contenders and they really are the anchor of that entire team. But then you says you gotta start putting other pieces in place. That's when you get guys like Jace Peterson stepping up doing well, Telez stepping in at first base. I mean, that's gonna affect if they can keep this going, that's gonna affect on what they decide to do later on in the next few days, talking about trade stuff. But um you kind of have to turn the page kind of quick when it came to Keston Hero was like, okay, well he's you know, how long do we look at his struggles? And that's when they tried Vogel back at first and Vogelback had a lot of success. He was getting on base a ton. So, if they were going to go pick up somebody, I think they go pick up like a you know corner infielder that bats do eighty plus. But who's going to give that up right now? It's going to be hard to find. The outfield stacked, uh, put in a bullpen piece maybe, but that's only because you know Devin Williams spent a little bit of time on the IL. You know Hater's workload, but he's had such a long break now. I don't know. I do they really need anybody? No, because all of these people. Tyrone Taylor. Like all these guys have stepped up and done really well, so yeah, no one could have predicted that. But when it comes to the pitching staff, they're they're anchoring this whole this whole thing.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you know, I guess the one comment I had was, you know, I feel like one at least one more solid middle relief guy would really just kind of shore things up for the team. Um, been impressed with what Suter's been doing here as of late, especially, and and really the whole team. And now that they're going to be limiting pitch counts even more. Through the, second, or through the end of the season here. We've already seen Peralta uh, not pitch super late into games be, uh, since the All-Star break. And uh, so I think maybe maybe some middle relief would help just kind of shore that up as they're going to expect a little bit more out of them uh, here later in the season. Um, the prospects that they've come up, the Brewers have done a great job with development within the system. Of course, you spent um, a lot of time in Nashville and the Triple A. Uh, Sounds. I grew up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. So all my childhood games were with the Nashville Sounds. But uh, oh yeah, uh, what can what can you speak to the the development of the Brewer system and uh, what's going on
0: there in the minor league systems? Yeah, you say you're from Murfreesboro. That's where we go to take our kids to the dentist, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and my little girl does gymnastics there sometimes for competitions. Um. Yeah. I when you're talking about developing and and bringing guys up and when they're going to be ready, that has changed the last couple seasons because the shortened season last year and what's happening kind of this year. Um, you don't really get a fair assessment. I think AAA could be down a little bit just in terms of all the crusty old guys like myself that are used to playing at a certain level are all kind of weeded themselves out. There's not really you know that age of AAA has dropped. Um, started back in the day when the Cardinals started rushing all their guys to AAA to see what they had. And as soon as they were doing good, they put them in the big leagues. So Cardinals went from, you know, 2005 to 2009 range. They went from like one of the worst uh, developments, you know, as far as ranking their minor leagues to suddenly having the best. And so that's what you're seeing across the board of just rushing guys and rushing guys. And that goes, that's a double edged sword. Cause one thing you have a guy that just does absolutely amazing. And they're like, this guy's ready for the big leagues, and boom, he's ready. And then another guy gets thrown there and has, you know, incredible failure. So it's like, okay, well, now what do we do? So that's kind of, that's kind of where I think older guys like myself kept a job for a while is to kind of, kind of speak into that. Uh, but the Brewers should be thrilled because they have a lot of talent. I went to a Sounds game the other day, and I was just looking at these guys. They're Hitting home runs and stealing bags. I mean, just exciting. I think baseball needs exciting players. And from what I can see in the Brewers minor leagues, they just have exciting guys that are athletic and know how to play.
2: What do you think about uh, Yelich's struggles? uh, Last year wasn't great. And then this year, of course, right now he's on the COVID list. But uh, just it seems like right when he gets gets looking like he's back into form, he kind of dips back down again.
0: Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, we don't have really access to the players at the moment. Um, we, we're, we're getting there. That's opening up. So, I mean, but that's kind of hard to talk about. Like, if I was his teammate, you know, I don't want to be, hey, man, let's talk about your struggles. <laughs> like, nobody yeah. wants to do that. <laughs> but uh, Andy Haynes did follow me on Twitter the other day. And I, I, I feel like I may ask him, you know, just some questions about maybe what is going on. Not like a, like I'm trying to, you know, air anything that's, that shouldn't be aired. But I'm always going to vouch for the player. The player, the baseball is hard. Um, every time you watch these Zoom recordings from these guys, they're always going through that filter of baseball is hard. Anytime you're watching it on TV and you're like, why didn't the guy just do this? You should catch yourself and go, baseball is really hard. There's a lot of stuff going on. Think about if you just went out in the yard and dove, right? Just go dive on the ground. I'd probably break a hip. It's And these guys get up and they play seven innings after that. And then they play the next day and the next day. So baseball is hard particularly when it comes to Yelich, I'm curious on if it's a mechanical issue or if it's a mental thing, maybe because of his kneecap. And maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable. When guys don't feel comfortable, it's tough to get the bat off the shoulder. I think he takes way way too many pitches, trying to get into deep counts. Um, And I think he's light on the fastball, which we never saw, never saw with the Brewers before the last few seasons. So it's hard to know if it's a mental thing or a mechanical thing. But one thing I would tell him, If I was just just because they pay me to watch all these games. Right. (laughs) And not that my opinion is anything. uh, But for me, it's almost like he gets, he knows too much. Like he's such a smart hitter and he knows too much. So like when a guy takes a pitch and he's in a one Oh count, they can already know, okay, well, my average is, you know, three eighty in this count. So now's my time to hit. So then they swing at a pitch. Maybe they wouldn't swing at. So it's almost like you got to get back to basics. You got to, I mean, at any point when something doesn't go right, you got to go back to your foundation. So maybe he's done that. Not really sure. But I would be like, dude, go to your foundation. However you felt that time when you came over from the Marlins to the Brewers or take, pick a particular game or just something in your mind that you tucked away in a small mason jar of memories that says, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to play baseball. And then everything else doesn't matter.
2: Uh one of the things that makes baseball hard is bad officiating. Uh is this something uh new or is this because this year seems to have been really, really bad. Uh or would you say it's just maybe other people are noticing it more than what it's been in the past?
0: I, I mean it's been okay. Um I've seen maybe two really bad series. I was in the booth for the Brewers and can't remember which Brewers and Reds. And it was just like that whole crew, there was nobody that was off the hook. It was all four umpires it was the review the replay I don't know who to blame in New York um, but for whatever reason there's just it's a we have a failure to communicate is what it is uh, is who's in charge like what's going on you're the umpiring crew but you can't get this call right there's so much stuff going on nobody knows the rules for sure who's to blame but how can they watch something over and over again they show it on the jumbotron at the field all the fans can see it and then they make the wrong call and then there's no explanation. I, yeah. So yeah, I I think people they wanted instant replay. Maybe the umpires did. I have no idea. But the umpires are now policing. You know all the other stuff. The, the umpires have too much to do. If you look back in the day, when baseball was a gentleman's game in 1860s, they didn't even have an umpire. They had like a town magistrate, like a judge, come over, and only when something got you know heated did he step in and make the call. And then everybody was like, okay, that's what I believe. Nowadays, the umpires have to worry about so much stuff that they're losing track of balls and strikes or just the basic play. There was a guy for the white side of the game, straight up missed home plate. The umpire was looking right at it and then got hit by a baseball on a throw and and then called him safe. And. They had to go back and review it. So he's worried about so much other stuff that he just kind of missed that play. And that goes with balls and strikes for sure. So I think if if you really want to get better officiating, which we've seen glimmers of that where guys do really good jobs. Uh, but we've seen it more now because I think they just have too much responsibility. I wouldn't put that. You wouldn't put that on your kids. You know, <laughs> you want your kids to focus on one thing. So have the umpires focus on one thing, do this, call balls and strikes, call first base, second base, call it the best you can. And we'll take all this other stuff and they need to have a, they need to have a better system.
2: What are your thoughts on the uh, automated strike zone? If they ever go to that,
0: I'm coming out of retirement. If they get a <laughs> robot to call balls and strikes with lasers, laser beams coming out of home plate or whatever it is, I'm coming out of retirement. Cause I threw a curve ball that would catch the front left corner of that plate, but a catcher would catch it three feet outside because I threw sidearm. And the umpire, every single time, was like a ball. And I would talk to umpires. I'm like, you got to call that, man. It's catching the front of the plate. He's like, I can't call that. The catcher catches it so far outside, I'm going to get flack from the other side. And I was just like, <laughs> robots! We need Arnold Schwarzenegger to come in. I don't know. I, I hope that they never do that. I really do. I mean, I'll, I'll complain about the umpires because humans can go out there and call a good game as long as the rules are clear. But it changes. It changes from a small hitter to a tall hitter. You look at some of these hitters that have, like Giancarlo Stanton, like this guy just has tons of torso. But then you got other guys that ha- don't have as much torso. So, like, where's the strike zone? Is it the letters? And, and every umpire has a different zone. So pitchers are going, all right, they'll throw a pitch above the belt, and it's a ball, and they're like, okay, wow. So then they'll go below the zone, it's a strike. Next day, could be the same reliever come in, throws that pitch up, it's a strike, that pitch down's a ball. So everybody just wants – Consistency. That's what every major league, minor league, little league baseball player wants is just consistency.
2: Uh, we're with Tim Dillard. Tim, thanks for being with us. One more question for you. Kind of a little bit outside the realms of baseball, but what role does the Brewers have this year in uh, kind of helping the fan base in, in Wisconsin? Of course, the Bucks just won the championship. Uh, the Packers have all kinds of drama going on this year. Uh, so, what can the Brewers do to help out the uh, fans in Wisconsin when it comes to the uh, drama that's going on in the state right now?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know what's really going on with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, my coworkers are all into it. They 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 <laughs> are always telling me about what's going on. But at the end of the day, it's like, is a good team going to be put out there for the Packers? Absolutely. But I think you get you like people. There's a fan base there. And they want what's best. And they were like, Aaron Rodgers is the best. You know, the same with Giannis. Like, they want to keep Giannis around. They want him to be, and he wanted to stay. And so people love loyalty. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I spent parts of 16 seasons with the Brewers, mainly in the minor leagues. And that's kind of a rare thing. That's actually 17, 17 seasons? Eight, 16 seasons, yeah. That's a long time to not be like a big league guy that signs multiple contracts. I signed multiple minor league deals for coffee and, uh, <laughs> and ibuprofen, basically is what they paid me. So, But what it is, is is people that enjoy their jobs is infectious. I enjoyed being a minor league baseball player, even though I wanted to be in the big leagues, but that just wasn't my path at the time. And so you look at players, especially in Wisconsin, when they love to be here, fans love that. They love that. They rally behind that. They get passionate about it. And so when there's a sign of somebody that's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be that loyal. People are like, well, that's that's kind of misleading. You know, I was rallying behind you for this. So I don't know. I'd love know that the Bucs won, I'd love to see the Brewers win a World Series and the Packers win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's the that's huge. That that'd be unbelievable. I'd probably have job security. Everyone's so superstitious. I'd have job security as a broadcaster for decades. <laughs>
2: uh tim dillard's with us here he's uh helping out with the brewers broadcasting on uh, valley sports
0: i believe correct yeah oh you should know that <clears throat> yeah. you sound like you're watching yes i am yeah, yeah every yeah, day every night yeah <laughs> uh
2: tim any interesting stories from uh the minor leagues before we let you go
0: Ooh, minor league stories um i don't know i don't think you have enough uh, data to be able to record all my stories. Um, I tell you what I did uh, when everything was minor league baseball was canceled last year. So for basically my job that I've had for so many years, it was just like, yeah, nothing it's canceled. What, what are you going to do? And so I was like, well, maybe I can retire and go into broadcasting, but nobody's hiring. Baseball was on hold. So I didn't know what to do. And I ended up seeing that a team in Franklin, Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Milkmen, a baseball team an independent baseball team and that they were actually playing baseball and actually had fans last year so that that was pretty amazing so i emailed them on their website said contact us in like july they didn't hit me back and there so milkman kind of jump-started this whole thing and they're doing well again this year so I don't know. That kind of led to me actually doing a couple of games in the broadcast booth because I was in Milwaukee playing for the Milkmen. So I had an off day. I was actually going to be Bat Boy that day. And instead of being Bat Boy, I drove to American Family Field, sat in the booth and called a game against the Reds. And that kind of is what led to this. So anyway, I guess my minor league story is sometimes you just got to you just got to find something and do it. You know, you don't know what it's going to lead to. You don't know how, how much fun you're going to have, the experiences you're going to have. And the people that you're going to come in contact with. So I don't know if that's really a minor league story, but I don't know if it's relevant. But I wanted to share it. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I live in Lexington, Kentucky now, and Brandon Phillips uh, bought into the minor league. Well, used to be a minor league team. Now it's an independent team uh, here in Lexington, and he's brought in actually uh, Jared Jeffers. They signed him this year. He was with the Brewers before. Uh, but uh, oh wow! So yeah, I'm all for I'm all for it. Uh, it's still good baseball still fun family event to go and enjoy and uh, definitely a lot of opportunity there as well all, all right. right as, as, as long as tim baseball's dillard.
0: around yeah <laughs> as love me as some long baseball. as there's something to go to right <laughs> yeah definitely. exactly all yeah. right
2: <laughs> tim dillard former brewers
0: pick. it's winter time when temperatures go down
2: the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.
0: Hi, I'm Maria.
2: And I'm Mike. And we're That was Tim Dillard. Sure, appreciated his time uh, uh, joining us, and and really appreciated him taking the opportunity to uh, come and be a part of the program. Uh, always fun to talk to guys like Tim, and we could have we could have went on with stories and talked for a while, uh, but nonetheless, uh, we wanted to talk some Brewers and got into some other things as well. All right, so coming up tomorrow is the uh major league baseball trade deadline man there are sports stuff happening all over the place right now but we're going to focus in on baseball and we're going to bring in our next guest the uh the popular the most famous uh the incredible graham wallace from belly up sports graham thanks for being with us oh we got you muted
1: excuse me thank you vince
2: <laughs> All right, Graham, so much stuff happening in Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, I was so caught up in the big names and the movement happened in baseball. I kind of completely forgot about the fact that there was going to be trades in basketball. Uh, so yeah. so I mean, we got big names happening everywhere. Russell Westbrook deal just became official um, and he's going to the Lakers. Um, and, uh, so we'll get all that information later, but nonetheless, baseball, let's get focused in on baseball, right. uh, a great season so far, a lot of teams kind of running away with their division, um, in a couple different divisions and things like that. But a whole lot of teams are trying to get better for the playoff push and the playoffs. So I want us to start with the deals that are already, uh, done or look to be done, but we'll start with the ones that are done. It started off really with Nelson Cruz to Tampa. Yep. and uh, and Adam Frazier as well his trade but um you know what teams have you seen so far that you say man that was a, a steal or just an, an excellent move by them
1: well I mean since since we're going Brewers heavy uh, tonight let's let's go <laughs> Eduardo Escobar I thought that was a great pickup by them uh, for a couple of reasons uh, he's a legitimate power hitter 22 home runs on the season uh, Abisail Garcia is their highest home run hitter. I believe he's got 16. So he's a legit power threat and he's got, he got, he's got some positional versatility as well. That's yeah. something uh, Craig council really values. He's someone who can play third base and, and second base as well. So uh, with Colton Wong there, he's, he's very solid defensively. So he'll probably stay at third, uh, but he, he's a legitimate power guy. Now he is a rental brewer. Fans need to recognize that he will be a free agent next year and a very coveted one. I believe he has a chance to get to 40 home runs this year. Uh, legit player, 32 years of age, and definitely helps their chances.
2: Will Salmon uh, from The Athletic, I believe, he also reported that the Brewers plan on playing uh, Escobar at first base against some left-handed pitchers as well. Sure. So uh they trust his versatility. There's no doubt about that. Everyone's very excited about adding him. Uh, Luis Urias has been playing really solid at third base as of late. Um, they started with him at shortstop and he just defensively was, was just not holding up at shortstop. So they bring in Willie Adamas earlier in the season, fix the shortstop situation, but then Urias was forced to play basically with injuries and things at third base. And he's really done well and he's been hitting the ball pretty well as well. But, uh, Escobar coming in, he's a guy that you add to the locker room. That's not going to hurt your locker room for sure. He's a, he's a well-respected player and he brings in a lot of talent with him as well. For a team that's, you kind of all in at this point, uh, Milwaukee is, <clears throat> there's not going to be a better opportunity to win the world series than what's ahead of them right now. At least in my opinion, um, with what they have, the way that they're pitching, uh, they got a three headed monster, uh, when it comes to pitching and the, the rotation and the, the four and five guys, they're not doing too bad either. So there's a lot happening for Milwaukee yeah. and Escobar is interesting. I'm still interested to see if they're going to add anybody else, um, specifically to the pitching. I mentioned that. A couple of times uh, already, but uh, you know, I don't know what's out there right now that's that's a great fit in Milwaukee with that without them having to give up, you know, something valuable. Um, they tend to kind of hold off on that and trust, especially in the pitching. Uh, Stearns, man, he just trusts what he has, and it could be just uh, hair pulling sometimes from fans. But that's yeah. why he gets paid the big bucks.
1: Well, they're a small market team too, so they got to be very careful with when they they swing for the fences. Um, I, I like what they've done so far. I could see them making maybe some some more minor moves, but I, i'm not sure I saw something really interesting the other day. They have a, about a ninety six percent chance to make the playoffs, but this website only gave them about a nine eight point nine percent chance to win the World Series. I thought that was a little low uh so we'll see i don't know yeah
2: you, so you can I'm not
1: put too much stock into those things.
2: Yeah, I'm not a gambler, but I'd have to look at the odds there, and maybe gambling friends could look at that. <laughs> this, <Sure. laughs> there might be some good numbers there. Uh, yes. Who else? Who else has been moved? I mean, there's been a lot of names, yes. just to mention a few for people. Um, Nelson Cruz, of course, first. Starling Marte, uh, that's already been moved. Jock Peterson, Cesar Hernandez, uh, Rizzo, uh, Escobar, Brad Hand, Danny Duffy, Max Scherzer. There's a lot of names out there um, that have been moved.
1: Yeah, well, the Max Scherzer thing, uh, that's still pending. Uh, Jeff yep. Passan, actually, i got some breaking news here. He just tweeted a cu- few minutes ago, Los Angeles Dodgers uh, are making a significant progress on a deal uh, that would send them star right-hander Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Uh, to the Washington Nationals, yeah, uh, for a prospect late in return, sources tell ESPN. So it seems like he was going definitely to the West Coast. It seemed like San Diego Padres had a deal in place just a few hours ago. Dodgers might be swooping in right under their nose and and getting what I believe to be the the prized acquisition of this trade deadline. You get Max Scherzer, you get Mad Max. uh, You feel like you have a chance to win win the World Series, I believe.
2: If the Dodgers come out of the trade deadline with Danny Duffy, Max Scherzer, and Trey Turner, um, I mean – They're right back where they started the season uh, on top, Uh, ultimately, as far as talent goes, at least. And you're also keeping one of your division rivals from getting Max Scherzer in the same process as opposed to San Diego getting him. That'd be a huge move for Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes on that as the night progresses, because it seems like there's a couple teams kind of in deep talks. Last night, it seemed like the Red Sox were sniffing around uh, Scherzer. Um, you know, we had Joe, Joey Gallo go to the, the the New York Yankees last night. Uh, that that's a big move for them. Gives them another power yeah. bat, left-handed hitter. Uh, they they certainly need that. And it also looks like uh they've made a move for Anthony Rizzo as well. Uh, so their offense could be really explosive. I'm surprised they haven't gone after any pitching lately. They got hammered uh by the Tampa Bay Rays, fourteen nothing today. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know it's only one game, but I, I think their pitching still needs some improvement and. I'm also a little concerned if I was a Yankees fan about that prospect base because they're really starting to uh, unload a lot of those prospects. You, you got a guy like Galloway and Rizzo on your team uh, that improves you certainly for, for today, uh, but uh, the future of the team could be in, on some shaky ground as far as the, the prospects they got coming up there.
2: Definitely. Rizzo, you know, he's a guy I knew would never happen for the Brewers, but he's a guy I thought, man, talk about a first baseman uh, and, and a bat. You know, as yeah. along with it, he's, he's the all around, all around deal right now. Uh, New York, you know, they've been just really, really underachieving this year. Even though their pitching staff isn't great, there were still expectations for them and they've been sitting in third and sometimes fourth place this year in the division. That, you know, that doesn't sit well with Yankee fans. <laughs> and, uh, no. welcome, welcome to the rest of our world, Yankees fans. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they bring in some big bats for sure. Um, You know, I mean, the Yankees' playoff chances, to me, Boston is overachieving. They have been all year. Yeah. Um, they've got good players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bash Boston. But they're playing far better than I think anyone anticipated. Tampa, everyone assumed was going to be good, even though they yeah. didn- you had lesser names, lesser talent, lesser payroll, all that kind of stuff. Everyone still anticipated them being good. But the Yankees, you know, sitting in fourth many times throughout the season behind Toronto – um you know unexpected and so with these moves we you already mentioned you know the the need for pitching still uh, yeah. did these moves help enough to push them closer to at least second place in the division
1: uh great question i think there's a couple of different ways to look at this vince i think that the negative person says well you're you're bringing in another guy with an uppercut swing who who strikes out a lot <laughs> and and i get that however gallo is also a tremendous outfielder. He's probably mm-hmm. going to be playing left field. He's very underrated as, as an outfielder. Um, I think it, he's definitely the kind of guy who galvanizes the team. And the fact that he is a left-handed bat is definitely something to their advantage. And when you pair that with Rizzo, who's really an elite first baseman uh, defensively, he's had a bit of a down year offensively, but he's definitely got the capability to get back to, to his regular numbers. And the other thing that's kind of lost in this is Luke Voigt, who mm-hmm. led baseball in home runs last year with 22 in the 60-game season, he's kind of now – he he doesn't have a starting first baseman job anymore, it would appear, right. so he could be on the market for them. And he's certainly a player who could you'd think would be able to return may, maybe a decent starting pitcher or something along those lines.
2: Yeah, and that's what I've seen tonight uh, just scrolling through Twitter. It seems like Void is the name you're seeing thrown out there to acquire some sort of pitching help uh, for them. It looks like Jack Curry's reporting – uh Yankees are giving up Alcantara and Visca Vis Viscano Viscano uh for for Rizzo. Um but yeah, Void seems to be the name that's floating out there right now that can bring in some pitching because he's a big enough name, a good enough talent to actually bring back something. Decent in return. You're not going to get Max Scherzer for Luke Voigt, but you can bring in a piece that can help you, maybe even a couple pieces. Um, you know, younger talent, uh, or maybe even older talent, uh, that's still out there that, that Luke Voigt can bring you back for the Yankees. I hate talking too much Yankees. So let's go to the uh, White Sox. Sure, um, yeah. White Sox, they bring in Cesar Hernandez at second base, Ryan Tapera as the relief pitch as well. Uh there was a lot of talk about them getting Trevor's story. Now that's kind of, of course, died down. And I heard had they acquired story, he would have moved to second base. So second base was the one they were looking to fill with Madrigal being injured and different things happening there. Yeah. Man, the White Sox are talented and they're getting healthy at the right time, I think, as well. Um, what does Hernandez do to add to this White Sox team?
1: Well, I, I was a little surprised by this move as well. I think they went um, – I thought they would go with a little bit of a higher-caliber player along the lines of an S- Eduardo Escobar or, or Trevor Story or, or an Adam Frazier. Obviously, a couple of those guys are off the market now. Cesar Hernandez is a very good player, and he's, uh, he's tapped into his power this season. He's got 18 home runs, which is a bit of a surprise to, I'm sure, Cleveland baseball fans. Um, he's got the average somewhere in the 230s. Uh, decent defensive player. Um, he'll be able to fill that hole. I just thought they would go for more of a star – uh, type of player, but he doesn't need to be a star because they brought in, uh, or I should say Eloy Jimenez is back in, in, in left field for them. And he looked fantastic, uh, in some of the action I saw last week, Ryan Tapera, I think he's a rock solid reliever, former blue Jay. So I'm very familiar with, with him. Um, it, it's interesting to see, uh, the Chicago teams make a trade that doesn't happen too often, but I definitely yeah. think he helps them. They've already got a really solid pitching staff. So I definitely think they're, you know, one of the top three teams in the American League, um, and and they have a great lead in in a not a very imposing division. So they just got to right. focus on getting better each day and uh, think about some of the teams they might be matched up against uh, come October.
2: Yeah, uh, staying in the American League, Toronto. Makes the big move for Brad Hand. Um, when I first saw this, I was I dropped my head because he's on my fantasy baseball team, and he's probably not going to be getting saves anymore. I would assume he's going to be a setup guy. Maybe he does get saves for Toronto. Um, I I can't say that I knew exactly what Toronto's needs were or even are. So uh, as a Toronto based or not based, but a Toronto fan, uh, your thoughts on Brad Hand and what else Toronto needs to do before the deadline passes.
1: Well, yeah, it's funny. I just came out with an article on on Tuesday saying they should just stand pat. They're too far back and all this. But I think in my heart, I did actually did want them to do something. Now, any Blue Jays fan is going to tell you great offense, pretty good starting pitching. uh, But the bullpen has been been pretty terrible for, for different stretches throughout the season. The offense has been a little bit inconsistent as well. So I think hand is part of the solution He's a three-time All-Star, another left-handed reliever out of the pen. I think he'll be in that mix to close games. They have Jordan Romano, who's one of their high-leverage bullpen guys. I don't think manager Charlie Montoya is going to do it as a closer. He'll just mix mix and match different guys in, si- similar to the way uh, Craig Council does uh, with the Brewers. So I think he'll be in that late uh, late inning mix along with Trevor Richards and and uh, like I said, Romano. Uh, I, I still think they'd need to add anything if there's uh, probably another position player. Um, if they're serious about contending, though.
2: And that's kind of the question, isn't it? Who's who's serious about contending? Because you have the buyers and sellers, and you have this kind of moment where you think, okay, if we get this player, maybe we weren't buyers before, but now that we got this guy, maybe now if we make another move, now, all of a sudden, we're back in the hunt and looking at different things as well. That's a pretty tough division right now. Toronto's ten and a half back from first place uh they're a game and a half back from third place with the Yankees and the uh, eight and a half back from Tampa as well uh so fighting for those spots there, the central is pretty much set <laughs> the white sox yeah. uh, have that one in pretty well control Cleveland, of course, eight back there, but they seem to be on the way out at least for this season, kind of just you know floating away Houston another team I think Houston's the best team in the American League maybe the best team in the Major League Baseball but definitely in the American League and they go out and they add Starling or excuse me they add Kendall Graveman and Raphael Montero uh, pitchers from Seattle to kind of shore up some some holes that they had as well just make their team even stronger um, did Houston solidify themselves where they are right now in the American League or do you think it's still a battle in the American League?
1: You know what? I, I agree with a lot of what you, you just said there, Vince. I, I do think they're the team to beat in the American League right now. Um, and I, I really like what they did with those bullpen ads. Uh, Kendall Graveman has been a fantastic reliever, one of the best relievers in the American League for Seattle. Um, and Rafael Montero is a nice ad as well. I don't know if you saw, but Graveman was, was visibly upset uh, mm-hmm. after being traded uh, to Houston. He, he just is a big fan of being a part of that Mariners uh, team he really cares about his teammates. And I don't know if you saw the interview uh, with ESPN, mm-hmm. but he was uh, demonstrably uh, emotionable uh, mm-hmm. uh, about that. So that was kind of tough to watch, but uh, you know, as far as Seattle's concerned, I really like what they got back in that deal. Joe Smith, sinker ball reliever. He's been really, really good reliever for a while. And Abraham, uh, Abraham Toro too. He's kind of a depth infielder. Uh, he really helped Houston in, in the month of June when uh, Alex Bregman was, was kind of hurt for a while. So, He's someone who, the, uh, Seattle can definitely develop. Um, they're kind of making these lateral moves where it seems like they're giving someone up, but they're getting some, some guys back that could help them. I still think there's some moves to be made for the Mariners. They've been linked to Jose Barrios as well, which mm-hmm. would be a great move for them. It makes a lot of sense because he's controllable uh, for, for the next year as well. Um, so Seattle's definitely a team to watch over the next little while. I, I don't think they're out of it, and I think they're going to be more aggressive than people think.
2: Let's talk about some names that have yet to get traded, uh, but have been on the block. One name that I haven't necessarily seen on the block, but with the way that he's playing right now, seems like he's looking for a trade is Joey Votto. He has just went nuts over the last six games. And, uh, I'm pretty close to Cincinnati and, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions, uh, from Cincinnati fans on how they feel about Joey Votto, which I think is pretty crazy. But, um, is there a chance Joey Votto gets moved before the deadline?
1: Uh, I guess there's a chance, um, but if you look at his contract, uh, it, it's a pretty tough one to trade. Uh, he signed mm. a massive extension uh, several years ago, and he's still playing it out. He's, he's 37 years old, so so whoever would be acquiring him will be on the hook for another three years, I believe. Mm. Um, not an easy uh, contract to trade. Very similar to Eric Hosmer we, we were talking about earlier in the week. Yeah. You know, um, a, a talented guy, but, you know, a lot of dollars and a lot of years on that, that deal. Very beloved player. Uh, I'm just going to point out that he's Canadian as well. (laughs) Uh, Former MVP. Uh, The guys love him. I'm a big fan of him as well. I think that would be a tough uh, trade for the fan base. Um, Mm. I I don't know if Cincinnati's going to do anything, really. Uh, I'm sure teams are calling about him, but I I don't know if if they're going to get the return that they're kind of looking for
2: yeah and you know I'm not high on Cincinnati, and I don't believe it's because I'm a brewer fan. I just don't think the talent is there um they've had some some you know some power hitting going on, especially early in the season. The bullpen is horrendous. And at this point, I think they're kind of like Cleveland in the sense you got to look at it and go, what's the point this year? <laughs> it's, yeah. just not, it's just not our year. Nothing we do at the trade deadline is going to change that uh, That right. fact. Um, what about the Cubs? So we've got um, – they've already made the move with Rizzo or, or or at least very close to the deal with Rizzo. Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell also being mentioned and thrown around there. I haven't heard Baez's name as much as of late. Um, so what are the Cubs going to do? They're obviously sellers, so what are they going to yeah. do – to finish out, are they going to get rid of both of these guys or do you think they might they might hold out?
1: Well, I mean, they've done quite a bit of selling already. If you think going back to mm-hmm. Peterson, uh, Rizzo and, and uh, Chafin uh, went to the the A's, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Rizzo and Bryant were both pulled from this afternoon's games and there was a lot of buzz kind of surrounding that. I, I still think there's a pretty good chance Bryant gets moved. Um, I, I'm not really sure to whom. Maybe the Red Sox, they've been surprisingly quiet uh, throughout this period of time, but that, you know, they've got a really good team and he could play anywhere in the diamond pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, as Baez, I did hear some whispers of, of another Chicago trade of him possibly going to the White Sox, but now that they, they've landed Hernandez, I think that's unlikely. I think it's very possible they could hold on to a couple of these guys as well and, and maybe just receive the compensatory draft pick. That's mm-hmm. not the worst thing uh, in the world. There's obviously some rebuilding and retooling to do as for that team. So if they don't end up trading everyone, I don't think it's a, it's a huge loss for, for their front office.
2: Yeah. Just purely my opinion. I think Kimbrel's the guy that gets moved. Um, his role on a team that's not going to win is really less important than that of Bryant and Baez's. So I could see them holding on to the, to the fielders and letting the pitchers continue to walk. Cause they've traded three pitchers, I believe already. Um, maybe two, I don't remember, but nonetheless, um, a lot of movement there for sure. Trevor story. Yeah. We talked about him briefly before, but. But, uh, uh, you know, before this week, everybody just assumed he was gone. I've heard his name pop up with the Mets. Um, Of course, the White Sox earlier, I think that's done. I heard him with the Dodgers. uh, But if they're bringing Trey Turner in, that one's probably done as well. So what happens to uh, Trevor's story?
1: Well, one thing that could happen, I heard this, um, you know, some some rumors about this. I'm very skeptical of this, but of a team bringing him in and using him as a center fielder. Uh, look for a team like maybe Oakland, uh, maybe Boston, uh, maybe Milwaukee. Who knows? Uh, bringing him in and and being creative with where they put him on the diamond. He's an athletic guy. He, he could definitely move around. Uh, again, I, I'm pretty skeptical of that. Of a guy moving a guy from shortstop to to the outfield, especially center field. Um, but people really, com- uh, general managers really covet his bat and his, his different athletic abilities that he has. So. That's a possibility for a team that may not look like they have a traditional fit uh, at the shortstop position, uh, maybe the giants, they've been quiet too. And there's so much pressure on them now to make a move with what they see what the giants doing. And, you know, you got to think Padres, if they aren't able to land Max Scherzer, they're probably not going to be very happy and they're going to try to make an alternative move to try to improve their, their club.
2: Yeah. And you're looking like, I mean, the only pitcher that's really left out there right now, um, if Scherzer goes is Barrios and, you know, he's he wouldn't be a bad backup plan <laughs> needless to say
1: no he's younger and he, he's got another year of control um I, I there are other pitchers vince it's just there's a bit of a drop off from there you're talking about john gray uh matt boyd uh kyle Hendricks uh are, are examples of some guys that could be moved uh kyle gibson is another guy from the texas rangers but yeah. he hasn't pitched real well lately so his value uh, may have decreased uh over the last few weeks so uh we'll, we'll have to keep our eyes on that
2: yeah, it's a great name. I I'm all in on Kyle Gibson. I uh, love the year that he's had and yeah, he's been down the last couple uh startings last couple outings, but um man, what you saw from early in the season, you got to assume you can tap back into that, especially those kinds of guys changes of scenery can be huge for them, especially in a losing program going to a winning program. Um you know, typically your coaching staff might be a little bit better in a winning program. I'm not Again, not trying to knock the Texas coaching staff, (laughs) uh, but, uh, there are possibilities there that can definitely help out. You put them in a, in a rotation with guys that are studs as well and can kind of lean on each other and learn from each other, talk to each other. Um. I was so impressed, and this is totally off the topic, but uh, I listened to Chipper Jones on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast a couple of weeks ago, and the stuff he shared about the the things that he would talk to his pitchers about when he was on the Braves and and show them when they traded for guys and says, hey, you're tipping your pitches and uh, those kinds of things and teach them what they're doing and how what the batters are looking at from that end. You, you go to a winning locker room that has solid guys in it, I would like to think that guys like Manny Machado – would be able to see things that maybe not every third baseman sees and can help out in different ways, along with your pitching staff and your coaches and everything that's there with it um, as well. Anything else that you're expecting, big things you're expecting before the trade deadline?
1: Well, I, I, like I said, I I think the giants are, there's pressure on them to make a move. There's a pressure on, on the Padres now to make a move. We'll have to keep our eyes on that Dodgers trade. Um, It seems like it's, um in, in the in the works, if you will. Um mm-hmm. the Mets have been pretty quiet. Uh they've been sniffing around. There's another team that's been sniffing around Trevor Story. And and even the Yankees. I don't know if they have any prospects left to trade, but uh, <laughs> look for the New York teams to continue to be active. I think the Rays are going to be active. Uh at least one more pitcher uh is most likely uh moved. although they just made a trade with Seattle, we should say. Uh, Diego Castillo going to Seattle. They got back uh JT Chargeois and uh Austin uh uh, Shenton uh, mm. prospects third baseman so I, I do definitely think they're going to be more active and and more of a long-term thing you know Rangers we were just talking about them they're not a good team this year mm. uh, but they did they just drafted Jack Leiter they're, they're getting a bunch of prospects back look for that organization to possibly turn themselves around in the next three to four years they they might mm. be a team that is on the rise uh, in that thing. Uh, period of time, get some more prospects in there. Jack Leiter looks like he could be a stud uh, pitcher. So I know that's not really what we're talking about right now, but yeah. uh, just you know, the rich getting richer. White Sox could continue to add. Again, I'd be very surprised if the Red Sox didn't add more. Oakland seems like they're being aggressive despite their uh, limited payroll. They're a few games back of of the uh, Astros. So, and, and the other team is Seattle. I think they're going to continue to be aggressive. Uh, I think I said it on on Monday. They haven't made the play uh, the postseason in twenty years. So those mm. the, the that fan base is uh, really desperate uh, to get into October baseball. And I think the uh, the front office is, is going to try to make it happen.
2: Yeah, they've, it's been so so bleak in the baseball world that Seattle went out and got a hockey team, uh, hoping to <laughs> hoping to spread some joy there. Uh, what about the Angels? The Angels have made a little bit of a push. Um, here in the middle of the season, sure. they're above 500, uh, just, just by a game right now. Um, they're 11 out from first, but they're only five out from Oakland. Yeah. Um, if Seattle gets better, if Oakland gets better, then maybe it's not worth it to the Angels, but, um, they obviously have some exciting players. Any chance they make, make an interesting move here at the deadline? Uh, sure. There's certainly a chance. They're
1: certainly not out of it. Um, I, I, I omitted them initially when we were kind of going through the teams, but, um, their problem is always pitching, right? Um, mm. They were able to get a great performance recently in that uh, near no hitter, um, but I, I don't know if that's something that's sustainable. Uh, so that's that's the position that they would certainly look to add to, whether it's uh, a, most likely a starter or a reliever. A lot of teams were looking at uh, Raisel Iglesias. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if they want to get rid of him. He's 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 their closer. He's one of their their top relievers. Um, I'm also not sure who they would have to trade, um, Mm. as far as, uh, the players on their roster, but, um, it seems like they're pretty committed to trying to win. So I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move or two.
2: Yeah. The only rumors that I've heard coming out of the angels is selling, uh, Haney, uh, and Iglesias are the two names I've seen people have been calling about and talking to. And, uh, so maybe it is a little bit more of a, Hey, trout's injured anyhow, Let's, uh, get some, let's start to build back maybe that younger base, get some prospects in and, and maybe do something with them. But, uh, it's an interesting team as well. All right. Graham, uh, Graham, we've got, uh, uh, bellyupsports.com. They can find your writings in the baseball tab. Yep. bellyupsports.com. They can also follow you on Twitter, uh, where you, you post most of your articles as well. Yep, And that's at Bus Wallace, B-U-S Wallace. That's right. And I'm looking to see here. I always take this off when it's just me and my dad. Uh, there's Graham's name, so you know okay. how to spell it. Uh, but Bus Wallace, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there. But, uh, Graham, I really appreciate you coming on and talking. Um, I always appreciate you. you you're always well-prepared, know what you're talking about. And, and you're not... You're not too heavy homer when it comes to the Blue Jays as yeah. well. So I appreciate that. But hey, the Blue Jays, there's some talent there. There's no doubt about that. A team worth being excited about. No um, and, uh, and I know to me, baseball has been great this year. Um, you know, from, and I talked about this on a basketball episode a few months ago. I kind of stopped watching NBA basketball this year. Nothing, no one thing that I was just like, I'm not going to watch it. That's not what happened. It just, I just didn't watch it until the NBA Finals. I just I watched a little bit here and there. Baseball, I'm watching three or four games a week uh, on MLB Network, watching the Brewers. Um, for me, it's been just – baseball has been really good this season.
1: Yeah. No, it's been a fun season, um, and I actually think that we're headed for a classic of a World Series. Uh, mm. For whatever it is, years that end in one – Uh, always tend to have classic World Series. Think about 2011, Mm -hmm. Texas Rangers, St. Louis Cardinals. They faced off in a classic seven-game series. I feel like Texas should have won. It slipped away from them. David Fries was the little-known World Series MVP. He was kind of the, the... unsung hero if you will 2001 there was a classic world series between the diamondbacks and the yankees uh, 1991 minnesota twins atlanta braves i'm a bit of a history uh, nerd when it comes to baseball so <laughs> was that uh, the
2: kirby Puckett
1: twins correct yeah okay. that's the kirby Puckett home run uh, jack morris pitched a gem in, in that game so um if you look back about 100 years almost every single world series that ends with a one is is a seven game series there's only hmm. a couple of exceptions uh, so we could be headed for a classic here, Vince. We'll, we'll have to keep uh, keep our eyes uh, pe- peeled on that.
2: Definitely. We'll continue to watch what happens on the trade deadline, uh, which is tomorrow if you're watching us live. If you're listening to the podcast, it's probably today. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's going on. Follow Graham at Wallace on Twitter and keep up with him. He's got great articles that come out. It keeps you well-informed and ready to go with the baseball season. Graham, thanks so much for being with us tonight.
1: Oh, thank you, Vince, for having me, always. All right, we'll see you. Okay, see
2: ya. All right, that's Graham Wallace from Belly Up Sports. And again, uh, a huge thank you to him. Uh, great guest and always appreciate the time and the energy that he brings to the podcast when he comes on as well. All right, friends, uh, busy, busy sports world going on right now. NBA draft is in full swing. Uh, trades happening left and right in the NBA and in Major League Baseball. We'll continue to cover those things. Our next live episode will be Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be right where you're watching us now, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll also, of course, have the podcast version afterwards. We are continuing our college football preview episodes. We're talking the Big 12 and the Pac 12 covering both of those conferences on Tuesday. So make sure you tune into there. Use the links that we provided for you in the video descriptions, as well as, uh, in the podcast notes for Skull Candy and YouTube. Tonight's YouTube, uh, YouTube, <laughs> uh, Yeti Coolers. Tonight's Yeti Cooler Than You Guess was Tim Dillard, former Milwaukee Brewers pitcher. And we appreciate him being on with us as well thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode until next time we'll see you around the sports stove